What's up out there, Flannel Nation? So this week, Matthew was feeling a little under the weather, so we are not having a normal show. But as luck would have it, Bernie Sanders, fresh off announcing his 2020 campaign, he's out there campaigning already, and where else are you going to campaign except for the Midwest, you know, the heartbeat of America, and also where Iowa holds a very early primary that, <laughs> that many people consider uh, kind of a bellwether for how serious a candidate's support is. So he swung through Council Bluffs, Iowa, which is right across the river from my town, Omaha, Nebraska. We thought we would play for you the audio from that rally uh, at the Mid-America Center uh, on Thursday March 7th in Council Bluffs, Iowa, part of his three-day tour. Uh, he's going through Des Moines and other cities, Iowa City as well. Check Bernie Sanders' website. Check out, uh, see if he's coming your way if you uh, live in the Midwest with us. Uh, we'll be back at you next week with some more flannel action on the regular. So don't forget to follow the show at liquid underscore flannel on Twitter. I, of course, am Brendan Williams at Brendan Williams with one L. And throw Matt a shout-out. Hope uh, he feels better. Get well soon. Send your get well soon tweets to at Matt the Great. And without further ado, let's give it up for Bernie Sanders. Woo! It is my honor to welcome the next president of the United States. Thank you, Iowa! It is great, great to be back in Iowa, and thank you all for coming out tonight. Thank you for running! Brothers and sisters, tonight we launch our campaign here in Iowa. Are you ready for a political revolution? What this campaign is about is not only that we're going to win the Democratic nomination, It's not only that we're going to defeat Donald Trump, the most... the most dangerous president in modern American history. But with your help, we are going to transform this country and create an economy and a government that works for all of us, not just the 1%. And I want to tonight, I want to welcome you to a campaign which says loudly and proudly that the underlying principles of our government will not be greed, will not be kleptocracy, will not be hatred and lies.
It will not be racism, sexism, xenophobia, homophobia, and religious bigotry. All of that is going to end. The principles of our government will be based on justice. Economic justice, social justice, racial justice, and environmental justice. Tonight, I want to welcome you to a campaign which tells the powerful special interests who control so much of our economic and political life that we will no longer tolerate the greed of Wall Street, the greed of corporate America and the billionaire class. Greed, which has resulted in our country having more income and wealth inequality than any other major country on earth, that is going to end. We will not stand idly by and allow three people in this country, three families, to own more wealth than the bottom half of the American people. And while three families own more wealth than the bottom 160 million Americans, nearly 20% of our children live in poverty, Veterans sleep out on the streets. And seniors in Iowa and Vermont cannot afford their prescription drugs. In America, we will no longer accept 46% of all new income going to the top 1%. While millions, while millions of Americans are forced to work two or three jobs to survive, and over half of our people in this country live paycheck to paycheck, scared to death that their car might break down and they can't get to work, scared to death that their kid might get sick and they can't afford to pay the doctor's bill. in the richest country in the history of the world, that will no longer continue to happen. But we are fighting not only for an economic system based on justice, but we are going to end the corrupt political system that now allows billionaires to buy elections. 
We have the radical idea that what democracy is about is one person, one vote. We are going to overturn Citizens United. And we're going to move to public funding of elections so that anybody, regardless of his or her income, can run for office and not be dependent on the rich. And tonight, as we launch our campaign here in Iowa, I want to say a very, very special thanks to the people of this great state. In 2016, this state, Iowa, is where the political revolution began, and I thank you very much. When I first came here to campaign in 2015, the truth is that not a whole lot of people knew who the junior senator from Vermont was. That's a fact. Many people don't know where Vermont is, as a matter of fact. Come and visit us. We're a beautiful state. And at that time, nobody took our campaign Seriously, and we began that campaign at 3% in the polls. And I thank those 3%. Further, further, the ideas, the agenda that we were talking about at that time, four years ago, was considered by the establishment politicians and mainstream media to be radical and extreme. Remember that? Those were ideas so far out, nobody in America would support them. Raising the minimum wage to a living wage, too radical. Guaranteeing health care to all people as a right? Too radical. Creating up to 15 million jobs by investing a trillion dollars in rebuilding our crumbling infrastructure? Too radical. Aggressively combating climate change? Too radical. Reforming our broken criminal justice system and our broken immigration system. Too radical. Oh, and here's an idea. Here's an idea that was so far-fetched, unbelievable. Couldn't be done. Imagine not running for president and not taking money from super PACs and the wealthy. Oh, my God. What a radical and crazy idea. And here's one more. Imagine ending the power of superdelegates at the Democratic National Convention. (laughs) 
Imagine having a candidate actually get the delegates based on the vote in their states. Well, you know, a funny thing happened in Iowa over that year. On caucus night, we didn't win 3% of the vote. We won 50% of the vote. And half of the pledged delegates. And as a result of what we accomplished together here in Iowa, we went on to win 22 states around the country. We won over 13 million votes, over 1,700 delegates at the Democratic Convention. And to me, to me, what is most exciting is we ended up winning more votes from young people young people who are black and white and Latino Asian American, Native American we won more votes from young people than Trump and Clinton combined And by the way, by the way, those ideas that we talked about here in Iowa four years ago that seemed so radical at the time, remember that? Well, today, virtually all of those ideas are supported by strong majorities of the American people. And shock of all shocks, those very same ideas are now supported not only by candidates, Democratic candidates for president, but by Democratic candidates all across the board, from school board on up. So Iowa, you help begin the political revolution in 2016, and with your help on this campaign, we're going to complete what we started here. Let me say what I have said before. It ain't Bernie, it's you, it's not me, it is us. That's right. And I say that, and this is why I say that. It's not my ego, you know, I have a big ego like every member of the U.S. Senate, by definition. 
the truth is that the powers that be, and I'm going to talk about this in a minute, they are so powerful. They have so much money that no one person, no one person, not the best president in the world, can take them on alone. The only way we transform America is when millions of people together stand up and fight back. And that is why it is not me. It cannot just be me. I got to do my job. You got to do your job. And the American people together have got to do the job that must be done. Tonight, as we launch our campaign here in Iowa, we say to the private health insurance companies, whether you like it or not, and I suspect they do not, the United States will join every other major country on earth and guarantee health care to all people. This is not a radical idea to say that every American, regardless of his or her income, is entitled to go to the doctor when they are sick and entitled to come out of the hospital and not go bankrupt. That is not a radical idea. We will no longer accept the absurdity in the United States of paying almost twice as much per capita on health care as do the people of any other country, while at the same time we have a lower life expectancy and our health care outcomes are worse than many other countries. In other words, we are paying more and getting less. That has got to end. And here is, while I'm at it, let me throw out another radical idea. You ready for another radical idea? The goal of health care must be to provide quality care to all in a cost-effective way, not tens of billions of dollars in profits to the insurance industry. And outrageous, outrageous compensation packages to the CEOs of the insurance companies. Now, you tell me whether this makes sense. In 2017, the top 65, 65 healthcare CEOs made $1.7 billion in compensation. And that includes $83 million in compensation to David Wickman, the CEO of United Health Group. We need a health care system that invests in disease prevention, that makes sure that we have enough doctors and nurses where we need them, 
that make sure that every American can get the mental health counseling they need, that makes sure that people can go to a dentist when they need to go to a dentist. We don't need a health care system which makes insurance companies rich and provides outrageous compensation to their CEOs. Brothers and sisters, yes, we will pass a Medicare for all single-payer program. And let us establish as the underlying principle of our health care system that in America, health care is a right, not a privilege. And let me also say to some of the senior citizens who have Medicare right now, Trump tells you that we're going to lower the quality of Medicare. I don't want to shock anybody here, but Trump is lying. Not only are we not going to lower the quality of Medicare for seniors, we're going to improve it. Because we are going, we are going to expand Medicare coverage for dental care, for eyeglasses, and for hearing aids. But it is not just the health insurance industry that we've got to take on. We say tonight to the pharmaceutical industry that you will no longer charge the American people by far the highest prices in the world for prescription drugs. How insane is it that in a country that spends so much more for health care than any other nation, one out of five Americans cannot afford to buy the prescription drugs their doctors prescribe. That is nuts. And today we say to Walmart, to the fast food industry, and to other low-wage employers, you will stop paying your employees' starvation wages. Yes, we are going to raise the federal minimum wage to a living wage, 15 bucks an hour. I was here a few months ago, and I was talking to a woman in Iowa who was raising, a single mom who was raising her daughter on $8.50 an hour. Well, you can't do that. And that is why we believe that anybody in America who works 40 hours a week should not be living in poverty.
And yes, we're going to make it easier for workers to join unions, not harder. And I want to say a word about the progress we are making. Not only are more and more Americans supporting the ideas that we stand for, but we have some real concrete achievements. When I was here four years ago talking about 15 bucks an hour, and everybody said it was unrealistic, couldn't happen, please understand that today five states in this country have already passed legislation for a $15 an hour minimum wage. And yesterday, just yesterday, the Labor and Education Committee of the U.S. House of Representatives reported out a bill that will raise the federal minimum wage from seven and a quarter an hour to 15 bucks an hour. And I suspect that within a month that legislation will pass the House. And I need your help to make sure that your senators here, Senators Grassley and Ernst, support a $15 an hour minimum wage. And today, we say to the American people that it is an embarrassment that in the wealthiest, most powerful country on earth, our infrastructure is crumbling right in front of our eyes. And I'm talking about our roads and our bridges, our rail systems, subways, our airports, our water systems, and wastewater plants. And when we rebuild our crumbling, house, crumbling infrastructure, we can create up to 13 million good-paying jobs. And let me be very clear, when I talk about infrastructure and clean water, we're talking about strengthening clean water laws so that corporate polluters stop poisoning the drinking water that communities in Iowa and across the country we rely on. Think about it for a moment. Take a step out. Take a step back and think about it. This is America. And yet we have thousands and thousands of people all across this country, when they turn on their water taps, the water that they are drinking is poisonous. What a disgrace, and we're going to end that. And when we talk about the needs of this country, all of you know that the most important years of human development, intellectually and emotionally, are zero through four. And that is why together we are going to create a universal, affordable pre-K childcare system. And here is another idea that four years ago seemed way out there, not anymore. And that people are catching on that if we are going to be competitive in the global economy, we need to have the best educated workforce in the world. 
50 years ago, 60 years ago, a high school degree got you out into the middle class and got you a decent job. By and large, that is no longer the case. And that is why together we are going to make public colleges and universities tuition free. Now let me ask you guys a question. How many of you here now are dealing with student debt? Yes, and the crime you committed was that you decided to get the best education that you could, and now you're going to be paying that student debt off year after year. Some of you are not going to be able to buy a car, buy a home, get married, have kids. So let me be very clear. As president, we are going to substantially lower student debt in this country. But it's not just young people. Let me say a word to the senior citizens in the state of Iowa. Many people don't know this, but 20% of seniors in this country are trying to make it on $13,500 a year or less. Think about it. Think about being 80 or 90 years of age, trying to stay alive on $13,000 or $14,000 a year, and the truth is, you cannot live with dignity with that kind of income. Now, my Republican colleagues in the Senate, they got a brilliant idea. They want to cut Social Security. Well, we've got some bad news for them. We're not going to cut Social Security. We're going to expand Social Security benefits. And we're going to extend the life of Social Security. And tonight, we say to Donald Trump and the fossil fuel industry, That is one way of phrasing it. <laughs> I myself was going to say it a little bit differently. I am a senator, you know. And, and what we are saying to them is that climate change is not a hoax, but in fact is an existential threat to our country and the entire planet. And we intend to transform our energy system away from fossil fuel to energy efficiency and sustainable energy. And in the process, when we do that, we're going to create millions more decent paying jobs. And here, here to my mind, is the bottom line on this issue. And I say this as a father of four and a grandfather of seven beautiful grandchildren. All of us, all of us as citizens of this country, have a moral responsibility to make sure that the planet we, le we leave our kids and our grandchildren is a healthy 
and habitable planet. And today, we say to the prison industrial complex that we are going to bring about real criminal justice reform. We are going to end the international embarrassment of the United States having more people in jail than any other country on earth, including China. And at the same time, as we're locking up over two million people disproportionately, African-American, Latino, Native American, we are spending $80 billion locking up fellow Americans. And what I say tonight, that instead of spending huge amounts of money locking up fellow Americans, we're going to start investing in our young people in jobs and education. Not jails and incarceration. No more private prisons and detention centers. No more profiteering from locking people up. You don't make money by locking people up. No more war on drugs that has destroyed so many lives. No more keeping people in jail. Many of you may not know this. Tonight, there are hundreds of thousands of people in jail for one reason. They are too poor to afford cash bail. And we are not going back to debtors' prison. No more cash bail. And by the way, when we talk about criminal justice reform, we are going to change a system in which tens of thousands of Americans every year get criminal records for possessing marijuana. But at the same time, as you may recall, not one major Wall Street executive went to jail for the illegal behavior which nearly destroyed this economy in 2008. So kids, kids get a criminal record for possessing pot, but the CEOs on Wall Street get a trillion dollar bailout for their illegal behavior And that, my friends, is a criminal justice system that we are going to end. (laughs) 
Today we say to the American people that instead of demonizing the undocumented immigrants in this country, we are going to pass comprehensive immigration reform and a path towards citizenship. We are going to provide legal status to the 1.8 million young people eligible for the DACA program. And we are going to develop a humane border policy for those who seek asylum. The United States is not about snatching babies from the arms of their mothers. And today we say to the top 1% in large profitable corporations, people who have never had it so good that under a Bernie Sanders administration, we are going to end their massive tax breaks and the loopholes that they currently enjoy. We will no longer accept the absurd situation where large, enormously profitable corporations like Amazon, Netflix, and General Motors pay nothing in federal taxes after raking in billions in profits. And we will no longer accept the wealthy and large corporations stashing tens of billions in tax havens like the Cayman Islands and Bermuda. The wealthiest people in this country will finally start paying their fair share of taxes. In fact, in fact, we are going to end austerity for working families and bring a little austerity for the 1%. And today we say to the military-industrial complex that we will not continue to spend $700 billion a year on the Pentagon more than the next 10 nations combined. We are going to invest in affordable housing, in public education. We are not going to be investing huge sums of money in nuclear weapons and never-ending wars. Brothers, brothers and sisters, we're going to win this election not because we have a super PAC funded by billionaires. We're going to win this election because we will put together the strongest grassroots coalition from coast to coast in the history of American politics.
And I am enormously proud to tell you that in the first week of our campaign, over one million Americans signed up to volunteer on this campaign. Donald Trump and his friends want to divide our people up based on the color of their skin, based on their country of origin, based on their gender, their religion, or their sexual orientation. We are going to do exactly the opposite. We're going to bring the American people together. Brothers and sisters, as someone who represents the state of Vermont, which is one of the most rural states in our country, let me be very honest with you in saying that the United States Congress has for too long, for far too long, ignored the many crises facing rural America, and that has got to change. In Iowa, in Vermont, and all across our country, we have seen more and more young people leave the small towns they grew up in and the towns that they love. It's not that they don't want to stay there, but there are no jobs for them there. And that is why we have got to start investing and creating good jobs in rural America. We have seen in recent years schools and churches and community centers shut down and once vibrant Main Street become boarded up and deserted. In Vermont, in Iowa, and all across rural America, we have seen family farmers by the thousands go out of business as the prices that they receive for their products decline rapidly and large agribusiness corporations and factory farming takes over agriculture. We have seen rural hospitals and nursing homes shut down and not enough doctors to provide the quality health care that rural America deserves. Tragically, instead of seeing good jobs, good education, good health care coming to our rural communities, we are far too often seeing despair and depression and a terrible increase in suicide and opioid addiction. Unbelievably, in rural America, life expectancy is actually going down. We need policies in Washington for rural America that represents the needs of working people and family farmers, not agribusiness and large multinational corporations.
among many other things that need to be done is for the federal government to enforce antitrust laws. And I will appoint an attorney general who will do just that. It is not acceptable to any of us that the top four packing companies control more than 80%, 80% of the beef market, 63% of the pork market, and 53% of the chicken market. And these numbers underestimate, understate the situation. In many communities in rural America, there is really only one buyer, which means food producers are at their mercy. They must use that corporation's feed and livestock. They must accept that corporation's costs, and they must accept the corporation's lower and lower payment rates. In many cases, the farmer doesn't even own the livestock or supplies. They are effectively contract employees, not independent farmers, who are forced to lease everything and then get paid an inadequate wage for the very hard work they do. With the federal government not enforcing antitrust laws, we have seen mergers like Bayer and Monsanto approved, giving the two largest conglomerates 78% of the corn seed market. Further, instead of protecting family-owned farms, federal support for agriculture is skewed toward agribusiness and factory farming. The top 10% of farms currently receive 77% of all federal subsidies, and together we are going to change that. Over the last several years and before, many of you and I have stood up and fought for justice in every part of this country. And we've had our share of successes. Together, as billionaires and large corporations have attacked unions, destroyed pensions, deregulated the banks, and slashed wages, we have succeeded, as I mentioned earlier, in raising the minimum wage in five states and a number of communities. Also, we have stood up to some of the largest corporations, corporations like Amazon and Disney, and demanded successfully that they raise their minimum wage to 15 bucks an hour. And we have stood up and supported striking teachers. Teachers who went out on strike in some of the most conservative states in this country because they demanded that their kids get a quality education. Thank you, teachers. Together, 
as the forces of militarism have kept us engaged in unending wars, we have stood arm in arm and fought back. For the first time in 45 years, we have utilized the War Powers Act to move us forward in ending the horrific Saudi-led war in Yemen. Together, as many of our young people have received criminal records for nonviolent offenses, we have fought to end the war on drugs and have seen state after state decriminalize or legalize the possession of marijuana. And not only are we winning that fight, we are now seeing communities across the country expunging the criminal records of those arrested on marijuana possession. We have won some victories, but clearly not all of our struggles have been successful. But I am here to tell you tonight that because of all the work that we have done, millions of people across this country standing up for justice, we are now on the brink of not only winning this election, but transforming our country. And let me tell you some of what that means. When we, you and I, are in the White House, although I do admit it'll be a little bit crowded in the Oval Office, but when we are in the White House, we will enact a federal jobs program to guarantee that everyone in this country it gets a stable job. There is more than enough work to be done in rebuilding this country. Let's do it. When we are in the White House, we're going to begin to build the affordable housing that this country needs from coast to coast. People should not be paying 50 or 60 percent of their incomes in order to put a roof over their heads. When we are in the White House, we will move aggressively to end the epidemic of gun violence in this country. And pass the common sense gun safety legislation that the overwhelming majority of American people want to see passed. When we are in the White House, we are not only going to address the enormous disparities of wealth and income that exist in this country, but we are going to also 
address the racial disparities that exist. It is not right, not right that white families have 10 times more wealth than black families, that the infant mortality rate for black mothers is two and a half times that of whites. We are going to end institutional racism wherever it exists. And not only are we going to end voter suppression, we are going to make it easier for people to vote, not harder. And we're going to fight for automatic voter registration. If you are 18 years of age and a citizen, you have the right to vote. End of discussion. When we are in the White House, we are going to protect a woman's right to control her own body. That decision is a woman's decision, not the federal government, not the state government, not the local government. Please make no mistake about it. The struggle that we are engaged in is not just about defeating Donald Trump, as important as that is. This struggle is about taking on the incredibly powerful institutions that control the economic and political life of this country. Now, I understand that that's not talked about too much in Congress, not talked about too much in the media. But for us to transform this country, we need to take on Wall Street, You have six financial institutions that have assets equivalent to 54% of the GDP of America. Six financial institutions. We are going to have to take on the power and wealth of the insurance companies and the drug companies and the military-industrial complex and agribusiness and the prison industrial complex and the fossil fuel industry and a corrupt finance system that allows billionaires to buy elections. Other than that, other than that, throw in the Republican Party and the establishment Democrats, other than that, it's a cakewalk. No problem.
Look, it is very clear that all of these powerful special interests, and they all have unlimited amounts of money, and I mean unlimited, you know, spending hundreds of millions of dollars. The Koch brothers alone spent $400 million. These guys have billions of dollars to spend. Now, they got unlimited supply of money. They have a lot of influence over media. But we have something that they don't have. We have the people. And if we stand together, and if we do not allow Donald Trump and his friends to divide us up by the color of our skin or where we were born or our sexual orientation or whatever, if we stand together as black and white, Latino, Asian American, Native American, if we stand together as gay and straight, men and women, native born and immigrant, If we stand together as rural and urban, north, south, east, and west, if we understand that there really is no such thing as a blue state or a red state, but that in every state in this country, the majority of working people are struggling to keep their heads above water economically. If we come together, and demand love and compassion and not hatred and racism. If we stand together by the millions, there is nothing that we in this great country cannot accomplish. Let's go out. Let's do it. Thank you very much.